Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we will be treated to part one of an interview with Ian Michael, co-writer and performer of 2018 BCAA drama playlist show Heart, presented by She Said Theatre and Regional Arts Victoria. Ian Michael has won two awards for this production, Best Emerging Artist, Adelaide Fringe 2016, and Best Emerging Indigenous Artist, Melbourne Fringe 2015. Hart has received the South Australia Tour Ready Award at Melbourne Fringe 2015 and the Tiki Tour Ready Award, Melbourne Fringe 2015. And Hart was also nominated in 2015 at the Green Room Award for Best Production, Independent Theatre. This interview was not recorded in the studio, so the audio quality is not as high as usual. Ian and I were able to speak for over an hour, so with no further ado, I bring you Ian Michael on Heart. Welcome, Ian Michael. Thanks for having me. Can you talk about the non-naturalistic conventions used in Heart? Yeah, well, um, Heart is a piece of verbatim theatre, so theatre that's verbatim usually is quite simple in its storytelling and um, the set and production usually quite literal in where and when the story might be taking place. But with, with Heart, we've made um, it by weaving four individual men's stories played by one performer, which is me, um, which has kind of given us more of a freedom to play with the transformation of character, time, age, space, but also in terms of production-wise, um, multimedia, and even in the style of performance, which is kind of quite non-naturalistic in a lot of the time. Um, and as the only performer, I played the four men, and from the beginning of the development of the play, we, we never wanted these men to be characters because being verbatim, we knew that the storytelling had to be very truthful and conversational. And so the way we found the truth was through hours and hours of improvisations, which kind of inspired the feeling and the rhythm and the stage blocking even, and even the set of the show. Can you talk about the world of heart? The world we've created is in a way quite abstract. We don't have a, a set that's a table and chairs. It's, you know, a chair in the middle of a circle of flower, which becomes so many different parts of the world. Um, yeah, so it is, it is quite unique in a sense. Will you be using transformation of time in this piece? Yeah, so um, every single one of these men uh, were born and kind of grew up in different times, um, you know, in the past. So, you know, the first man is um, a man called Sam Diner who was born um, in the 1930s and taken away to different missions around WA. Um, we have another man, Paul Parfitt, who was born in the 50s and... Uh, you know, they all, every single man in this play were taken to different missions in WA. They're all WA stories. So um, it's based in WA. And then the third man is a man we've called Hart out of, um, he wants to remain anonymous just because of the, I guess the, um, how uh, the show is, you know, is quite deep and heavy. And so for some people it's hard to talk about. So that man, he was born in the seventies. And so he talks a lot about life in the eighties and things like that. Um, and the fourth person I play is myself. So we kind of have, um, in a way, a, a circle of, um, of these men's stories um, that kind of weave in and out of each other, but show the kind of ongoing trauma and effects of child removal um, policies. Do the stories take place at the same time? Were they recorded on the same day? Yeah, no, they were all, um, the interviews were all recorded kind of on the same day. But they um, they show and tell very 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 different types of time 
um, and even places as well. So they, you know, we show the first man literally telling his life of being born on a mission in 1930. And then we talk about me as an, as a light skinned Aboriginal actor trying to navigate my way through an, an industry that can be quite racist at times. So, um, yeah, chronologically the play was written. So we wrote it, um, as if we were showing the men's lives from the time they were children until their, the end of the play shows them as old men. So it's yeah, very chronologically and you kind of get a very clear sense of the men's lives and their journeys, but it's kind of interwoven, which can be confusing at times, but, um, you kind of start to understand why we've done that as the play goes on. Do we transform location during the piece? Yeah, no, we only stay in WA. They're all uh, Noongar stories, which is um, my people, which is the, um, the 17 Noongar tribes in WA. So we stay in WA, but we cover quite a big distance in WA. WA is huge. So um, we kind of, one of the missions we talk about is Moore River, which was a very famous mission in um, the film, The Rabbit Proof Fence. And uh, we then talk about missions that are all the way down south of WA, um, like uh, Rollins and um, uh, Karanup, which is, you know, they're huge distances. So we stay in the one state, but we cover quite a bit of space. Do you use direct audience address? Yeah, we knew from the beginning that it was very important to kind of have a conversation with the audience rather than kind of feel like the play and the stories we were telling were just plays and they kind of weren't really wanted the, as I said before, for the men to not be characters, but to be people. And so for the audience to not feel like these men were preaching at them or telling them that they were guilty or doing the wrong thing by possibly being non-Indigenous. So it was really important to feel like we were sitting down and having a conversation with the audience or vice versa. And, um, I often break out of the world of the men and talk as myself, which kind of connects the stories from what we might call the past to the present moment. Um, yeah. Do you transform from Western Australia to Melbourne? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I, I guess I told a lie in a way, I, I guess because I talk a lot about um, being an urban Aboriginal person. So I, you know, I live in Melbourne now um, and it's also really important at the start of the show that we acknowledge where we are as well. So I acknowledge the country that we're on and the people who are the tr traditional owners of that land. So um, I guess bringing the plays from WA and being able to transfer them into a place where that, that they aren't really from is, is um, and acknowledging that, acknowledging that we are somewhere else in somebody else's land is really, really important. Do you use transformation of props or set? Yeah. Um, early on in the development, the director and the set designer wanted the whole entire set to only be this ring of flower that I'm sure we'll talk about really soon. But I fought really hard to have a chair um, in, in the space, um, which kind of resembled, I guess, that we were going to be telling stories. Um, and that chair becomes, I guess, not really an object or... Um, pieces of other furniture or whatever it just became more of like a platform that we could use as levels um for stagecraft or um kind of it could show that the, that time was passing if the chair was turned um is is if the chair is turned back to the audience we know that we're in a different time and then when it's turned back is 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 kind of like 
in a way the storytelling is more open. Um, there's parts of the show where it's quite dark and the men are kind of not so light and humorous as what they might be at the beginning. And so that turning the chair back kind of resembles in a sense of them not really wanting to talk about what they're about to talk about. And then at the end, we shift the chair back and it kind of opens the space again. So it becomes kind of like a, um, a, a metaphor in a way rather than, um, you know, a horse or something like that. Can you talk us through the set design? So the set is um, a circle of plain flower. Um, and we, we, we spoke a lot about the secular nature of um, these stories and the idea that they, there's no ending for these stories in the sense that the policies that removed those children in the 1930s and 50s and 70s that we tell are still continuing. And, you know, I talk a lot about the show um, as myself in the show. Um, and I tell the audience a lot that the trauma that, that people experience continues because Aboriginal children are still being taken away at a higher rate than ever before. And so that circle represents the kind of never-ending nature of these policies. And then through rehearsals and improvisations and um, conversations, we spoke a lot about that circle representing uh, ceremony, so corroboree, um, the circle kind of being made out of flour became something very kind of visceral or tangible that we could use to um, highlight moments. So, for example, there's a moment in the show where it kind of feels like the flour becomes a memory that's being thrown away. Um, the flour becomes... Uh, kind of in a sense the whiteness being placed onto the men so there's moments where I hit myself with flour and that becomes you know and then at the end of the show I'm pretty much covered from head to toe in flour and I guess in a way that represents um, two things that could represent these men being completely assimilated and having their culture taken away from them but then on the other sense having something like white ochre paint um, and even this kind of flour represents your culture or, you know, my culture. So, yeah, I, yeah, it becomes so many things. It's, it's very abstract. It's, um, and having flower represents so many things. When we started talking more about it, it became this thing where we could think about what flower meant to Aboriginal people back then as well. You know, flower represented rations. And then from those rations, those rations were then poisoned to, you know, cause mass genocide to people. So, it, it became so many things and it still does become so many things every time we get to do the show. It, um, yeah, it very much transforms. It's a very clean circle. And then by the end of the show, there's, it's kind of in a way destroyed. Um, and so that represents so many things for so many different people. Um, and it's really interesting to hear what people think about it. That is the end of part one of our interview with Ian Michael. Please keep listening through to the next episode to find out more about this excellent production. For more information on where to see Heart, go to rav.net.au or shesaidtheatre.com. That is all from us at The Aside. Thanks to Aaron Searle for providing the music and Eltham College for letting us record here. There's a range of episodes in the bank, so feel free to listen to one that grabs your attention. Do not hesitate to email us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Send us a question and we can answer it in a future podcast. Thanks for listening.